All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome back to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Oh, my gosh. So thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. I just want you to know that you really make the show. Because without you, it would just be me talking to myself. And then you'd have to laugh at your own jokes. Yes, I'd have to react to myself. and I've done that. It's not fun. And it's not it easy. It would be kind of... you have to move chairs, too. Yes. And it would be kind of like when we uh, did that... That murder mystery, and I have to play multiple parts. Not good. No, not, not good. good. Amazon would feel bad for me. <laughs> they probably still do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm Hannah Green. I'm Mary Swartz. We are happy to have you here with us today. And tell me something I didn't need to know. We already said that. I didn't know if you did. Yeah, I that welcomed would, them. That would have been welcomed twice. Would you like to welcome a third time? Welcome. Come into our parlor. Have a seat. Make yourself comfortable. Mary? Let us offer you a drink. Oh, sorry. Wrong podcast. <laughs> it's like, what are you trying to sell them? You know, I'm not a working girl. I have to get money somewhere. All right. Well, let's start with what we're drinking. All right. Yeah, it's delicious. It's oh really God. nice. It's such a nice change of pace. So today we are drinking a wine spritzer. We have made this wine spritzer with Leela Cellar. Summer Sunset Wine, some white cranberry juice, some muddled strawberries, some club soda. Just, yeah, this the wine is a semi-sweet, and then the white cranberry kind of tones it down a little bit. Yeah, so it's almost like a semi-sweet bordering on dry. It tastes like it should be dry. It doesn't feel dry at all. No, no, it doesn't. It's really nice. It's, I it's like it. It's not super sweet at all. I love this. Uh, Leland Aw Cellars is a Michigan winery. They are up in the Leelanau Peninsula, which is by Traverse City. If you haven't been and you're in Michigan, definitely check them out. And if you um, aren't from Michigan and you get out this way, the Traverse City area is a beautiful area to explore. Absolutely is. Yeah. Michigan has so much to offer. Well, since this is season three. Yeah, it is. We, I know, can you believe it? We uh we are doing random facts this we year. Have, we sure as hell are. You ready for a random fact? I love random facts. All right. I bet you didn't know that bananas contain naturally high levels of potassium, which, even in small fractions, is radioactive. What? According to the EPA, each banana can emit 0 0.01 millirem of radiation. It is a very small amount of radiation. Don't worry. No need to panic because a person would have to eat an estimated 10 million bananas at a time to die from radiation poisoning of a single exposure or eat 274 bananas a day for seven years to die of chronic exposure. But yes, oh. your bananas are radioactive. Oh, okay. Well, here's my fact. There's a sport called squirrel fishing. Pardon me? Squirrel fishing. Because the image Did in I my stutter? <laughs> no, but the image in my head is like I'm just imagining are we tying a squirrel to a, the <sighs> end of a fishing line and then like lowering him into the water? No, we're casting. And we're casting. just we're just waiting for the squirrel to like grab a fish and then we haul it back out of the water and hope the squirrel doesn't drop the fish on the way out. Not quite. <clears throat> oh, are we dangling acorns 
To catch a squirrel. Yes, with a fishing pole. Yes. Why? It's a sport. No. No, it's not. It is. It's a guy's sport. <laughs> no. It's a made-up, hold-my-beer-and-watch-this activity. <laughs> Just because a man can do it does not make it a sport. Because, let's be real, a man can jerk off, too. It's not a sport. <laughs> You don't know that. Uh, look up the definition of a sport. <laughs> Physical activity. <laughs> no, that is not the only thing that is required for a sport. <laughs> All right, so watch for squirrel fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're not going to see that in the Olympics anytime soon. <laughs> Probably not. Not unless it's the redneck. Olympics. Oh, my God, that was funny. All right. I have a tidbit. Well, I do, too. Okay, you ready? How many of us have been introduced to seven-year-old Tariq? I have. I had lunch with him yesterday. Did you really? I did. Wow. He's a very fascinating young man. Yes, he actually is. He actually is. <laughs> I know. I had lunch with him. <laughs> <laughs> Tariq. Tariq loves corn. It's as simple as that. Tariq loves corn. Oh, he does. In every form you can find. Corn chips, corn chowder, <laughs> corn casserole, popcorn, candy corn. Corn soda. <laughs> Corn pops. Corn pops. <laughs> All right. Tariq professes to love corn, and his profession for his love for his favorite vegetable earned him the nickname the Corn Kid after he had an interview on the YouTube channel Recess Therapy. The video has been viewed over a million times, and Tariq made such an impression on viewers and on the governor of South Dakota which I'm not going in there, The Tariq now has a new title. Yes, Governor Christy Noem has decreed Tariq as the official corn ambassador of South Dakota, and she also declared that September 3rd of 2022 was the official corn ambassador Tariq Day. Now, Tariq and his family live in New York, and they traveled to Mitchell, South Dakota, to attend an honorary ceremony for him and his, at the state's Corn Palace. You didn't know South Dakota had a corn palace, did you? Yes, I did. I helped build it. <laughs> you are so full of shit today. It's listed out your eyebrows. No, but I am full of corn. <laughs> if you had lunch with Tariq, you'd be full of corn, too. Every summer, a new corn palace arises from the plains of Mitchell, South Dakota, elaborately decorated with murals and onion domes. It's made up of 11 different types of corn, which I didn't know there were 11 different kinds. Oh, God, there's way more than that. As well as various grains and grasses. Now, I went on YouTube and I watched the video. Okay. Tariq is an enchanting seven-year-old. I know, he's adorable. Who recently discovered that corn is real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so funny, because he never knew it was real. He has the captivating view of the world that adults frequently forget ever existed, but definitely need to be reminded of. Tariq said, an ear of corn should cost a dollar, and although everyone doesn't have to like it, everyone should certainly give corn a taste, especially with butter. And this, this last thing is from Tariq himself. If you or anyone loves corn, come to me, I'll tell you all about it. And then he said, have a corntastic day. <laughs> Oh my god, that's fantastic. <laughs> Corntastic. <laughs> Alright, Mary. Yes. Imagine emailing a tree. Because that's exactly what's happened. Did you hear that sudden silence? <laughs> yes, yes, I, got I did. Nothing. That's exactly what has happened in Melbourne, Australia. 
Now, officials there assign trees their own email addresses. And why, you might ask? Why the hell are you assigning trees email address? How much could a tree really have to say? Well, the emails were supposed to give residents an opportunity to let city officials know about damaged trees. The idea behind it was to expedite tree restoration. But instead of tips about trees in need of TLC, the officials have ended up getting tons of emails about how much the residents love the trees. Aww, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. That is. Okay, I have one more I have to throw in here today okay. because I told somebody I would. Okay. Cliff Buffington of Utah. Cliff has found more than 100 messages in bottles across North America and the Caribbean. And now he is on a mission to reunite, reunite one particular message with the senders. Now, Cliff's father found the first message in a bottle of their family in 2006. The message was actually from 1959. Oh, my gosh. The bottle was one of 150,000 launched by the Guinness Brewery in Ireland to promote a new type of stout beer. Oh. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. So Cliff said he was with his dad when he discovered his first message in a bottle on a Caribbean island in 2007. Oh, wow. The bottle contained a sheet of paper and a pair of $1 bills. Cliff, whose years of hunting have yielded 104 messages in bottles... Oh my He's trying gosh. to find the authors of a message in a bottle he found on a Caribbean island back in February of this year. The message, which is dated June 8th of 2018, reads, and this is a quote, The finder of this message will be visited by good luck, put, it, put in the Atlantic Ocean by boat many miles out to sea, east of Jacksonville, Florida, end quote. The message is signed Becky from Washington, D.C. and Jim from Portland, Oregon. The bottle is a green champagne type with a thick rim around the top, so yeah. you know you're using a different kind of cork. Yes. Now, the message listed an email address for the finder to contact, contact the authors, but Cliff, after contacting them, never received a, a response. Okay. He posted about his find on social media and his blog, but even after a new TV news story ran... In the Portland area, that failed to turn up any leads on his mysterious senders. So if any of our listeners know anything about the message that Becky and Jim threw into the ocean, or if any of our listeners are Becky and Jim, Cliff Buffington, he has a Facebook page. It is called Cliff Buffington Music and Messages in Bottles, and he would love to hear from you or them. Or you can reach out to us. Yes. Now, Cliff says, now... I'm meeting these people who I never would have met before, and I'm caring about places that I never cared about before. When I hear something on the news about Northeast Ireland, England, or someplace in France, it wouldn't have registered for me at all. But because of these bottles, I have friends in these places, and that never would have happened any other way. How amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to his Facebook page. I, I perused his face. It's really cool. Very It's really neat. cool. He's a very amazing man. Wow. Yes. That's really awesome. And I really, really do hope, even if you don't know Becky and Jim, or you're not Becky and Jim, if you want to help spread the word, that's it's, how we're going to help reunite these people. Yeah. Because he has reunited. Um, if, if people sign a message in a bottle or an address or anything, he's reunited many senders with their bottles. And How it's kind awesome. of awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing. So, you know, help us help him. Mm -hmm. We have listeners all over the world and all over the United States. 
So seriously, help us help him. Help us find Becky and Jim. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Love it. Okay. Got it. I've got a story for you. I love stories. We know I love stories. Now this story is a little, it's a little different. I think last week's was a little different too. A little bit. I think sometimes our stories are very different. You never know. You just never know what to expect on this no, thing. No, okay. you don't. Okay. In the 1920s, there were two brothers. Their only names two? Were only two in the entire world. world. Holy cow. Just two. We're all related to them. Great. <laughs> no. <laughs> in the 1920s, there were two brothers. Okay. Sorry. Allie and Barney Hartman. They were from Tennessee, but they lived in Georgia at that time, working in the bottling industry. Now, more specifically, they worked for a company that was involved in bottling Orange Crush Soda. Wow. Right? We're all very familiar with Orange Crush Soda. I think most people would be, yes. So, people that drink Orange Crush may have drank something bottled by Alien. His brother. Barney. Barney. I don't know. They were bottling in the 1920s. If you drink a, a, an Orange Crush soda, soda today, <laughs> 100 years later... I don't know if it would be really syrupy or how it would taste. I, I, I don't okay. know. Okay. All right. Anyway. Now, as anyone who has any knowledge of history will recall, this was a really hard time in the United States. The Great Depression was devastating the country and no business or person seemed to be immune. And sadly, for the Hartman brothers, this included the company that they were involved in. Like so many other businesses of that era, the bottling company went bankrupt and closed its doors. What would the brothers do now? Well, like many people do when times are tough, they returned home to their roots. They moved themselves back to Tennessee. If that had not happened, this story wouldn't have happened. Okay. I always find it interesting how a lot of our stories, something bad had to happen in order for the story to exist. Mm -hmm. Once back home, they quickly found a place with the company there that bottled Orange Crush Soda. Oh, what that's luck, cool. Right? What a lucky break for them. Oh, yes. Life was working out as well as it could for the brothers, given the state of the country at the time. But moving back to Tennessee wasn't without its drawbacks. You see, when you live in different areas of the country, different products are easier or impossible to find. Mm -hmm. I know that firsthand from living on the other side of the U.S. myself. Mm -hmm. Things that I grew up loving here... I couldn't get there, and then things I fell in love with there, I couldn't get here. Right. And unlike the world we live in now, Amazon wasn't available to deliver the one thing that the brothers seemed to miss the most. Natural setup soda. I have never heard of it. Never heard of it? Well, neither had I. I had to Google it, of course. Cause, oh, absolutely. Because this is how I research. Um, natural setup soda was a clear lemon lime soda, much like Sprite, 7-Up, or Sierra Mist that we know today. Okay. It came in a green glass bottle with an enamel label that featured cards or dice on it. Okay. And the brothers, well, for them, it was their preferred mixer for their favorite adult beverage, Old Taylor Bourbon. Oh, I've never heard of that one either. But I, then we know that liquors vary from state to state. You're going to learn. I, as our listeners are probably aware, am not very knowledgeable about most of the brown hard liquors that are out there. I don't tend to drink a lot of them. That is true. So I had to Google this too. Okay. I am nothing if not thorough in my research efforts. Old Taylor bourbon is still produced today. Oh. It is produced 
at Buffalo Trace Distillery oh. in Franklin County, Kentucky. Okay. Which we- I actually came across an article today about Old Trace bourbon. Or I mean about Buffalo Trace. Right. Um, Most of the bourbon is from Kentucky. Bourbon has to be from Kentucky. That's right. That's right. Yes. If it's not produced in Kentucky, it cannot be called bourbon. Now, I've never heard of it, but that isn't really all that surprising since I hate bourbon. Unless it's 10 a.m. and I haven't eaten yet before a tasting. (laughs) Because then I think I love it by the time we're done at the tasting. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Now. Good memories. Yeah, right? Now, since the brothers couldn't get their favorite soda mixer, it was a darn good thing that they were lucky enough to work at a bottling plant. Yep. Where they could play around and come up with their own variety of a lemon-lime soda to use as a mixer for their old tailor. Once the bourbons created a flavor that they were happy with, they set about bottling it on a very small basis. They bottled just enough for themselves and to share with the family and friends that they drank with. They called it personal setup. Remember, it was natural setup. Okay. Now it's personal setup. Okay. Of course. Makes perfect sense, right? Hell yes, it does. By now, it was the early 1930s. And in most of, as most of our listeners are probably aware of, by now it was the early 1930s. And as most of our listeners are probably aware of, there was a whole other thing happening here in the U.S. Prohibition. Yeah. We wouldn't have done well. And in the South, Prohibition led to the backwoods production of a lot of moonshine. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't legal. It wasn't safe. But desperate times call for def- desperate measures. You've said that many times before on this podcast. Now, brown <clears throat> mountain brewed moonshine became known as Mountain Dew. It was slang. No, it did not. Yes, Mountain Dew was slang in brewed moonshine. Clever, right? Maybe. Well, as a joke... Allie and Barney began to refer to their soda mixer as Mountain Dew instead of personal setup. Okay. The brothers decided to try to offer their creation to the public after a few years. It really wasn't available outside of their immediate area, and they launched it with no real dreams or expectations of success, which is probably good because it didn't really take off. It wasn't that it didn't sell. It just wasn't wildly popular. And again, it wasn't widely available yeah if you can't mass produce it it's not going to be widely available right it was keeping its head above water but that was about all that could be said for it and then in 1946 the brothers had a friend of theirs his name was john bruschetto he designed a label for their bottles the label meant to be silly was of a cartoon hillbilly carrying a rifle and if you look (laughs) it up it's pretty damn cute to be honest by 1951 however mountain dew became commercially available in other stores That did help the sales a bit. And in 1957, the Tip Corporation out of Marion, Virginia, which the Hartman brothers were now professionally involved with, bought the brand from the the brothers. Now Mountain Dew was much more widely available to a larger market. It was hanging in there. And then something major happened. So it's like a clear lemon-lime soda? It's like 7-Up or Sprite. Okay. In 1964, the Pepsi company acquired the brand, which fueled even more success as it spread the availability even farther. Which is where we know it to be today. Right. Now, in 1964, Mountain Dew was still just a simple, clear, lemon-lime soda. Okay. It was nothing like we think of Mountain Dew as today. In fact, 
It wasn't actually until 1974 that the formula was changed. In 1974, Pepsi added orange flavoring to the soda and also added the neon green color that we can all see in our heads today. And it was now a much closer, much closer taste to what you can probably taste in your own mouth if you've ever had it. Once, once in my life, once in my life, I was in labor. And Katie. Yeah. Because our sister Katie was a Mountain Dew drinker. Oh, she was, yeah, she was a big A hardcore Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew drinker. Yeah, we'll just call it hardcore, yes. <laughs> now, back then, Mountain Dew was spelled out Mountain. Back then, Mountain Dew was spelled out Mountain Dew. D-E-W. Okay. Isn't that the way it's done now? Nope, it's not. In the 1990s, Pepsi changed it to Mountain Dew, M-T-N, D-E-W. Oh, oh. And it remains that way today. Oh, okay. They began to advertise it as the official drink of extreme sports, which helped the popularity of the drink take off. Oh, my God. And in 2001, new flavors began to be introduced. I'm not honestly sure exactly how many flavors have come and gone at this point. A lot. A lot. If you count all of the limited edition flavors that they have released. We tried one. Mm. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. One good. But at any given time, there is usually around 12 flavors on the market. Today, Mountain Dew has more caffeine than any other soda on the market at 54 milligrams per 12-ounce really? can. Mm-hmm. Yep. A single 12-ounce can also contains a full 46 grams of sugar, which equals about 11 teaspoons of sugar (gasps) per 12-ounce can. Damn. And 170 calories. That's a lot of sugar. It is. In 2021, a line of hard Mountain Dew was released. Yep. Alcoholic Mountain Dew. They are malt beverage available in at least four flavors that I'm aware of. They have about 5% alcohol by volume. They have no caffeine, no added sugar, which made me stop and go, what? 2.2 grams of carbs and 100 calories for a 12-ounce serving. So I'm guessing it can't taste anything like Mountain Dew. There's no caffeine. There's no sugar. So There's alcohol in it. So Right. How do you have alcohol with no added sugar? I don't know. I, I don't know. And I don't believe that I've seen it in the stores in Michigan. I will tell you why. If you're excited to hear about this, you should know that as of today, this morning, okay, it's not available just anywhere. Currently, you can find them in Florida, Tennessee, Iowa, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, Minnesota, Virginia, and Las Vegas. That's it. When it first came out, it was actually only available in four states. I just thought, you know, that you know, for like our new YouTube channel. Oh, hell no. That would be awesome. We just try it. Hell no. Well, yeah, because the looks on our faces is going to make it. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine what it could actually taste like. There's only one way to find out. Ugh. We have to go to Las Vegas. Hell, my God, yes. yes. <laughs> I want to go back to Vegas so much. Seriously. I mean, it's been... We have my, to go. It's been on my list for quite some time to go back. We have to go. I have a bucket list for Vegas alone. I bet you would never have imagined that the history of Mountain Dew was that. Oh, God, no. How could you? You couldn't. But now, now that you know the history, I'm going to leave you with a few other fun. We will never forget Allie and Barney. few other fun soda facts. Soft drinks are so-called because they don't contain any alcohol. I never really had that thought. 
We don't really drink a lot of soft drinks, though, you and I. I drink more than you, but... So, if they're called soft drinks because they don't contain any alcohol, does that make water, milk, coffee, and tea a soft drink also? Ooh, now you're just getting technical. <laughs> Stop making me think. It hurts. Soft drinks are called different things depending on where you live. Yes. Now, here in the U.S., depending on the part of the country you live yep. in, soft drinks are typically referred to as soda uh-huh. or pop. Yep. However, there is at least one specific part of the country that calls it Coke. What flavor Coke would you like? I'll have an orange Coke. I'll have a lemon-lime Coke. I'll have a grape Coke. I'll have a ginger Coke. That's, I mean, it's kind of cool. It is. It's kind of cool. Cool knowledge. You have actually been to that part of the country. You probably just haven't gone to a place where you would order a soda that way. When is the last time you... When do we order soda together? We don't. And let me tell you, that story right there about this part of the country that calls it Coke, that's a whole other story. Is that in Pennsylvania? I thought so. Coca-Cola was originally created as an alternative to morphine. I knew that. I knew that one. 7-Up was created as an antidepressant. It actually historically contained an ingredient that was an antidepressant. It was it was historically an antidepressant. Wow. It no longer contains that ingredient. Of course yes. not. It's no fun anymore, but it's still good. Schweppes ginger ale yeah. was created for treating gout and digestive issues. I can see the digestive issues because it does, I mean, like it makes you burp. But I mean, a lot of things but make you burp. But ginger is really good for but digestion. But ginger is really good for that too, yes. See? Yes was created to relieve indigestion. Here's where the name Pepsi comes from. Do you know what the scientific name for indigestion is? No. Dyspepsia. Okay. Pepsi. Yeah. Dyspepsia. Yep. And last but not least, Mary. Okay. The year that you were born, Mary? Yeah, and I... Okay. <laughs> I refrained from putting it in there. Thank you, because I almost did. I know you did. Thanks. I would have had to bleep that right out. Coke was the most popular soft drink on the market. Yes. The year that I was born, it was Tab, which, to be honest, I forgot ever existed. Um, it's like a diet soft drink. It is. Yeah. It's it still, is. I think it's still out there. Too. It is. It's more prevalent down south than it is here. It does still exist, but I yeah, it's more prevalent completely down south. forgot. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. If I drink soda, it's usually a... It's usually... A Coke Zero or a Diet Coke. I will do a 7-Up occasionally. I will do a Sprite. I occasionally like a little root beer. I do not do orange. I do not do grape. I do not do red. I do not do... Yeah. Typically, I'm I do not... I'm not a big pop drinker, though. Typically, I do not drink soda at all. Or pop. Um, or Coke. Or Coke. Um, <laughs> however, if I have a really bad headache that I can't get rid of, you may see a me... Pepsi. I, I don't drink Pepsi. I hate Pepsi. Pepsi's really good if you have gas. Um, if I have gas, it's squirt. It makes me burp like you have... Warm oh. Pepsi. Squirt makes me burp like... Dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, no, if I have a headache, you will see me. I will literally, like, get a very small glass of Coke, and I will literally just chug it like a frat boy at a party. Um, if I have stomach issues, like if my stomach's really ginger bothering ale. me, I will drink ginger ale. Yeah. And occasionally, if I'm in the right mood, I will have a root beer float. Root beer float's good. It's especially good with root beer schnapps in it. Oh, I've never tried that. Ooh. That might have to happen now. <laughs> yeah. 
So there you go. The history of Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew. That's pretty cool. I just thought that was really interesting. It is. It is. I mean. <sighs> it is very cool. I don't drink Mountain Dew. I don't care for Mountain Dew. Nope. No, it's have... gross. To me, it's gross and disgusting. <laughs> but our brother Keith drinks Mountain Dew. Yeah. No offense to Mountain Dew drinkers. No, no, there. no. But I have a funny story about about Mountain Dew and Keith. So, Dad and Keith went to a casino for a euchre tournament. Yes. 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 They did. Yes. <laughs> right Dad, before he passed. Yes. Couple months before he left. Yes. Yep. And, couple months before he left us. And while they were there, Dad needed to take his meds. Yes. And so he. Reached over and he grabbed Keith's glass. Probably the only time in his entire life of 79 years that he had Mountain Dew. And he took his bets and apparently put the glass down and looked at our brother and said, Oh, that was Aki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dad was, and I can only imagine the look on Dad's face. Dad was a beer drinker. Wine. Wine. And if he drank Coffee. hard liquor... He drank it straight. He didn't do mixies. Nope. He would drink really good tequila or really good bourbon or really good whiskey, but he drank them. He drank them straight. And I don't Saki. know. Uh, yes. That was a whole nother story and a whole nother memory and a whole lot of, yes. lot of fun. I don't think I've ever seen Dad drink a soda. He would drink coffee. I've seen him drink iced tea. I don't know if he did. I honestly don't know if he did. What, coffee or soda? Soda. Soda. Yeah, I don't know if he drank pop. I do not recall ever seeing him drink a soda. Doesn't mean he doesn't didn't, right. but I just don't recall ever seeing right. him. Um I've seen him drink juice occasionally, iced tea. Yeah. Although I also have to say, I'm not sure I ever saw Dad drink a glass of water. He did? In the hospital, maybe. Nah, he did. It just usually had other ingredients in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think I ever saw Dad just drink a glass I of water. I don't know. That's funny. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. Yep. Good memories, good times. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of that good stuff. All right. Well, Mary, that brings us to the end of another episode. It does. It does. A lot of laughter, a lot of information. Yes. Usually is, though. And I'm glad that we can share it, not just with each other, but the world. We love you guys so very, very much. And we thank you for everything. We thank you for your support. We thank you for your time. We thank you for your comments, your ideas, your suggestions, your stories that you send us, that you give us. We appreciate each and every single one of you. We couldn't do this without you. No, we couldn't. So, until next week, find Brenda and Jim and stay mischievous. Oh, yes. Bye. Have a great day. We here at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know really appreciate the time you spent with us today. Hopefully you learned something unusual today. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know or at tmsidntk at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at tmsidntk, which are the initials for the title. Suggestions, ideas, comments, corrections, send them our way. We take them all. If you enjoyed your short stop with us, please feel free to follow the podcast. Leave us a rating and review. That lets us know how we're doing and helps others to find us. This podcast is hosted by a couple of sisters who research, write, and edit their own stories. All other editing and production is done by Mary Swartz, and the original artwork was created by Hannah Green.